For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Was it pretty? No. Was it for the faint of heart? No. Was it a win? Yes. And that's all that a team that needs to stack wins can ask for as the calendar now turns to October. We're talking Sanford football, and we're here on another edition of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Wednesday, October 2nd, 2019. Hope it's off to a good start for you. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the show. I'm indeed Troy Clarity. Hello, hey there, hi there, ho there. <laughs> Glad you're with us. You're going to hear a lot of David Shaw as uh, we're going to spend uh, the bulk of this show breaking down some things that we saw on Saturday in Corvallis as Stanford was able to hold on and get a 28-21 win, a much-needed win. Check out a 31-28 win. Much-needed win over the Oregon State Beavers. Jet Toner, the last second field goal, and Stanford now two and three on the season, feeling a lot better now uh, than they would have if that game had not gone the way the Cardinal would have wanted to. So we'll break it. We'll break it down now. We'll get some thoughts of David Shaw as he held his weekly press conference on a Tuesday late morning. Of course, of course, the TreeCast was there. We'll share our thoughts on some of the things that uh, Shaw had to say on Tuesday morning uh, during uh, during the course of the show. Uh, before we go anywhere, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the program on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes or on Google Play or pretty much just about anywhere you can get your uh, favorite podcast from. We are there, and we're certainly glad to have you uh, on board with us. We can't do this without you. We certainly enjoy uh, being here and bringing you Stanford football and talking Cardinal football like nobody else possibly can. As mentioned, a tight win for Stanford. It didn't seem like it was going to be as the Cardinal led 21-0 in the third quarter before Oregon State really started to discover itself and to get its groove and to turn to turn the final quarter and a half or so in Corvallis into a roller coaster ride. Davis Mills getting the start in, instead of an injured uh, K.J. Costello had a fantastic, fabulous first half, not so much in the second half. The defense played well in the first half, not so much in the second half. But Stanford overall did what it needed to do after Oregon State tied the game at 28. Cardinal with a big-time kickoff return from Connor Weddington. Davis Mills with, with some big throws and a big run. Also had a big catch, too, along the way earlier in that game. We'll talk more about that in a few moments or so. But uh, Jet Toner able to uh, kick it through and Stanford getting the 31-28 win. 
So where do the Cardinals stand right now? Well, let's tell you three things you need to know about Stanford football at this exact moment. As always, we start with number one. <laughs> and as always, we start with injuries. It just seems to be the story uh, of this season for Stanford. And we do have an update on a few guys, specifically quarterback KJ Costello, who was dealing with that that thumb that he banged on his own lineman's helmet early in that game against Oregon a couple of weeks ago. KJ did not play uh, at Oregon State last week. And according to David Shaw, and uh, the latest as of Thursday, as of Tuesday morning, I should say, uh, KJ was, according to Shaw, quote, somewhere between questionable and doubtful. They're going to try to have him throw some balls on Tuesday and try to see uh, where things go from there, which, which is a step in the right direction because his KJ's throwing last week was minimal, if at all. So seems like that is perhaps progressing in the right direction. However, somewhere between questionable and doubtful, his status seems to be very much in, up in the air for this week against Washington. Uh, no question about uh, Devery Hamilton's status. The left guard uh, for Stanford is out. They'll see if he is available for UCLA uh, when the Bruins come here on October the 17th, that Thursday night game. And uh, this is not very good news for an offensive line that is in desperate need of reinforcements. They probably won't get him from interior lineman Dylan Powell. He is likely out for the year with his injury. So e e even, even guys who we haven't seen so far this year, uh, they just have not been able to make improvements uh, in their own health, with their own health statuses. And so it uh, looks like Dylan Powell might be out for the year. By the way, more on Stanford's quarterback situation in a couple of minutes. But let's move on to number two. And if there was one play that people were talking about after that game was over, no, it wasn't Isaiah Hodgins' goal line catch to put Oregon State on the board in the third quarter, as nifty as that grab was. That probably wasn't the most remarkable and memorable catch of that game. It came from, wait, really? Quarterback Davis Mills? Seriously? Yes, it's true. Mills making the catch off of the reverse. Colby Parkinson with the throw. And Mills skying the vertical leap. Out jumping two Oregon State defenders to haul it down and to make the grab in the end zone. What an incredible play that was. At his uh, weekly press conference on uh, Tuesday, I asked David Shaw, oh, what? Where'd the, where'd the Stanford special come from? I can't remember whose idea it was initially, but it was many years ago. Um, but we ran it in the Pac-12 championship game where Christian threw it back to Kevin Hogan. Uh, same exact play, same exact formation. Um, so, and I want to say we had worked on it probably for a year before we ever called that. And trust me, there's a lot of debate on the team um, since we started working it in training camp. Uh, Cam Scarlett's got a nice arm, all the receivers can throw, um, and unlike it looked like during the game, uh, Kobe Parkinson has a really good arm. Uh, a little too much air on that one, uh, took a little while to get there, uh, but uh, we made the decision to go with Kobe, you know, partially because to be out there and have no receivers on the field, to have all tight ends and a fullback, to inspire a run defense, to inspire them to truly load the box so you get a chance to get the quarterback out. So, I mean, all those things uh, work together. Um, similar reason why we did it against USC in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, so now we had 
two backs and three tight ends in the game for that one. So no receivers, just to inspire uh, that response. So um, it's one of those things that, that worked, thankfully. And, uh, you know, give credit where credit's due. Uh, to be the pitcher was pushing it. Um, he said, hey, coach, I think it's time. And, and we dialed it up. Um, but worked well. And now we put it back in the, in the annals for a while and bring it out next in a, another couple of years. That's David Shaw, and I quite honestly had forgotten about that play with McCaffrey uh, throwing to Kevin Hogan in the Pac-12 championship game for a touchdown that day uh, at Levi Stadium a few years ago. Stanford special, obviously a riff on the Philly special, one of the more remarkable plays uh, when the Philadelphia Eagles beat the uh, New England Patriots with Nick Foles and the touchdown catch that he made a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl. But that was that was fun. That was fun. And that score made it 28-14 with 9.30 to go. And, and you thought that might decide the game. Well, that brings us to number three. Yeah, the Stanford defense played another incomplete game. Uh, they looked very, very good in the first half. Uh, the pass rush was just absolutely obliterating Jake Luton and the uh, Oregon State offensive line. And Stanford defensively seemed to have a lot of the answers in the first 30 minutes of the game. Well, after the end of that game and a couple days later, we're still trying to find some answers now about the Stanford defense, a unit that has, that has struggled mightily at times this season, uh, reached back and took some steps back in that second half. And that sequence, that second half, left David Shaw trying to find some answers for this unit. Whether it was fatigue, whether it was uh, not being able to sustain the momentum that we had, because we had great momentum. Um, all three phases playing really well at high level, and they made a couple plays and we couldn't stop them. Um, so there's a lot of that that you, you take a look at and make sure there's nothing we're doing technique-wise, uh, nothing we're doing scheme-wise, that that's the issue. Um, of our guys not, not going out and, and, and getting stops on the defensive side. Yeah, and the, and the key play to me was early in the fourth quarter with Stanford ahead 21-14 in Oregon State, the ball at their own five facing a third and ten. A pass complete and out of bounds at the 14-yard line for a nine-yard pickup should be a punt situation on fourth and one. I mean, I'm, I don't think Jonathan Smith would go for it on his own 14-yard line early in the fourth quarter and only down by seven. So a punt situation, but... Gabe Reed, Stanford outside linebacker, called offside, which he clearly was, moved it to third and five. Oregon State converted. Then they avoided a near interception by Paulson Adebo on the very next play, just did not have possession when his body landed out of bounds. That's, that's as simple as that. And then Oregon State finished off that drive with a 43-yard touchdown run. But that was the sequence that, that really broke the dam. And, and by the time the smoke had cleared, you're looking at these numbers for Oregon State offensively in the second half. 348 yards. Their drive results, punt, touchdown, 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 and touchdown. Steps back taken by the Stanford defense in the second half against the Beavers. Now, how different would that game have looked if Gabe Reed hadn't been called offside? And if that ball had just been able to stay in Paul Nadebo's grasp, before he landed uh, with, with an interception, how much different would it have looked? Well, those are moot points right now. Unfortunately, we have to look at what we have to look at. The fact that Stanford just could not contain the Oregon State Beavers and certainly played its role. Look, the offense, the offense struggled too, as, as, as you know, David Shaw alluded to. It, it didn't, it didn't uh, do very well in the second half either. 
But the defense really taking some steps back in the second half. Those are three things. And I've got a thought on Stanford's defense and something that Oregon State was doing. And I'll give them all the credit in the world. Something that Oregon State was doing that really uh, played in the Beavers' favor in the second half. We'll talk about that uh, in a few minutes or so. But first, uh, with the news that K.J. Costello is somewhere between questionable and doubtful for this week, this Saturday night against the Washington Huskies, that once again puts the Stanford quarterbacking situation in some flux. However, even though we don't know exactly who is going to take snaps for Stanford against the Huskies, at least as, as, as I say this, there is still a bit less trepidation, I'd imagine, about Davis Mills going out there and getting the job done. Because in the first half, he certainly did. 13 of 15 in the first half for a buck 82 and three touchdowns. That is about as, as, as good of a start as you can possibly get. And I, I really thought that he was helped out a lot by the play calling for the Stanford, from the Stanford Offensive Brain Trust. Uh, they put him in positions. They put the receivers in positions to do good things in the passing game. And Stanford's, Stanford's screen game, that's as good as I've seen it in years. I, I, I can't I, – I have to go back several seasons to remember uh, a Stanford Cardinal screen game that looked as good as it did in the first half against the Oregon State Beavers. It's been a while. Now, Mills with impressive touchdown throws, made some good second reads. is on a couple of those touchdown throws, uh, specifically the one to Bryson Tremaine. Uh, his, his, his initial receiver was covered or was running laterally at the line of scrimmage and either stumbled or got or got caught up in traffic. So Mills had to make a second read to a second receiver in the back of, back of the end zone. So he was able to pull off that feat on a couple of occasions. And, and don't forget his scramble on that final drive. Impressive day overall, and, and a day in which we saw tangible growth from Davis Mills as a quarterback and as a competitive quarterback for the Stanford Cardinals. David Shaw talked about Mills's growth and kind of expounded on that during his weekly press conference on Tuesday. There was some throws he missed at USC that he didn't miss this past weekend. Um, it wasn't anxiety or nerves. It's just a little lack of experience. And uh, having that feel, there's nothing like the feel of a, of a game and growing in that and getting experience from that. So he was able to come back and make some of the, some of the same plays end up being differently. Um, you know, two, two great passes to Michael Wilson. Um, he missed those throws at USC, those down the field throws. Because um, it's not just about arm strength, it's about touch and accuracy and ball placement. And you can do it in practice, but until you do it in game and get that feel for the adrenaline going in the games, um, it's hard to, you can't replicate that in practice. So got those in USC, made some, made some corrections, really worked on it, and came back and, and made some really nice throws. And uh, didn't play perfectly. Uh, has a, has a multiple things that he's got to get better, uh, to multiple areas that he's got to improve in. But for the most part, um, he, took, he took the next step, and hopefully uh, most likely he's going to play again this week and um, 
Hopefully he takes another step. That's David Shaw. And, and what were we talking about last week leading into the game against Oregon State? Can the Stanford quarterback make big throws? We didn't know if it was going to be KJ or Davis at that time, the last time that we put out uh, a tree cast late last week. Uh, Davis Mills had not been announced as the starter by that point, but we still wanted to know if the Stanford quarterback, whoever was taking the snaps and throwing forward passes, will be able to complete them and make big plays downfield. Davis did. That was nice to see. Now, I wish we got to see more of that first half Davis Mills in the second half. I, I think we certainly missed uh, the aggression and the diversification of the offense. You know, if you want to call it turtling, okay. You know, I, I can certainly, I can certainly see the case to be made for Stanford turtling as, as in, in the second half against Oregon State. I, I still can't explain that draw on third and ten as Stanford called at their own thirty-two with about five minutes to go, and the card clinging to a twenty-eight twenty-one lead that they would eventually give up. I, I still can't explain that. I, I wish we got more of the first half, Davis Mills that we saw in the second half. But I, I, I think much, much of that is a function of just seeing the first half Stanford offensive scheme. We didn't see that at all in the second half. We did see some hard running by Cameron Scarlett. You know you're going to get that. What does he have to do to get a 100-yard game, by the way? <laughs> he had 22 carries for 99 yards at one point in that game. His next carry lost five yards. And his next carry after that lost two yards. So he finished with 24 carries for 92 yards. So this year he's had a 92-yard game, a 97-yard game, and a 97-yard game. <laughs> what, what does he have to do? So we saw Scarlett run hard in the second half, but I, I really wish that we could have seen more of Michael Wilson in the second half. More on him later in the show. I wish we could have seen a bit more of Austin Jones all around. You know, there were just some things that, and look, give, give Oregon State defensively some credit. However, I, I think Stanford seemed to make it a bit easy for them, for the Beavers to say, oh, hey, they're just going to try to run out the clock. And they just pinned their ears back and, for the most part, bottled up Stanford uh, offensively. Cardinal with a couple of penalties that went against them in the second half as well. But overall, except for that one play, except for that one play, the Stanford special, the touchdown throw from Colby Parkinson to Davis Mills, a throw that I thought was going to be intercepted as it was in the air. I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be really – oh, crap, he caught it. That was my thought process during during the course of that play pretty much. But, but outside of that play, I wish we could have seen more – of what we saw in the first half uh, that we did than we did in the second half overall. By the way, how is K.J. Costello doing? Now having missed, what, two and a half games of the season so far, playing half the season for Stanford this year? How's he been holding up, and how's he been doing? I'm sure it's been frustrating for him watching this all unfold. Well, on Tuesday, I asked David Shaw for a progress report on KJ, not just physically, but mentally as well. You know, KJ's, KJ's a fighter. It's one of the things we loved about him from the very beginning, um, recruiting him in high school. Um, have no doubts about his passion, have no doubts about his ability. Um, this, is just, this is just health. Um, you know, this is the same guy that uh, took some shots, took a lot of shots last year. But honestly, offensively, he drove us. 
Uh, we, we, we existed last year, got to a bowl game off of his right shoulder. Um, Bryce Love got hurt um, as well as J.J. played. J.J. missed you know, a game and a half. Uh, we missed multiple guys on the offensive line. The one constant the entire year last year was, was K.J. Um, fighting through. So um, that we don't forget about that ever. Um, he's a guy that uh, when, he's, when he's ready and healthy and, and ready to go, he's one of the best quarterbacks in America. Um, don't know that he's been completely healthy the entire year. Uh, uh, right now, I know he's, he's dealing with some stuff, but um, I have full confidence and faith in, in him as a person and as a, as a football player. So uh, hopefully he can get healthy sooner than later. That's David Shaw. And what I get from that is this. Once KJ is, is healthy and good to go, then he's the starter. Uh, Davis Mills has, has, has certainly earned some capital, I'm sure, with his performance against Oregon State. But this is KJ Costello's team. And I thought that 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 Shaw said it perfectly. You know, they got they got to a bowl game last year, not on on Bryce Love's legs, but on KJ Costello's right arm and his shoulder. He in some ways, in some ways, carried the Cardinal last year in a big time way. And I think that's still the case here this year. So you know, for, for some folks who might be wishing or hoping or asking if there was a, contra- a quarterback controversy, I don't get the sense that that's the, ca- that that's the case here. If K.J. and when K.J. is healthy, he's taking snaps. It's as simple as that. But still, steps taken by uh, Stanford offensively. Defensively, first half you could argue is the best that they've done all year. Second half, not so much. We talked about those struggles. You heard some of David Shaw's thoughts and some of the questions that he is asking of uh, of, of the Cardinal and, and its and its defensive uh, and the defensive side of the ball uh, heading into this week. Now, I do want to give Oregon State credit for one thing, and I think it was a simple adjustment, and it really seemed to give Stanford's defense fits in the second half. They went to play action, which was smart. Because that was the only way they could throw. That was the only way they could guarantee any semblance of a passing attack. Oregon State was running just well enough and had been running just well enough that Stanford still had to honor play fakes instead of just pinning their ears back and teeing off on the quarterback. So in that second half, pretty much the only way that Jake Luton was getting passes off was by going to play action. That bought him the time that he needed to find receivers downfield. And I think that adjustment really gave Stanford's defense fits throughout the third and the fourth quarters. And, oh, by the way, it helped Oregon State's running game, too, because Oregon State, while they've been running well, they haven't been getting chunk yardage necessarily in the first two and a half quarters, but then all of a sudden, with the play action becoming super effective, that opened up things for the Stanford for the Oregon State running game. And next thing you know, they're popping open big runs on the ground. So play action really seemed to tilt the game and the momentum in uh, Oregon State's favor throughout much of the second half. Now, there are there were some good things that I did see when when watching Stanford defensively throughout the entirety of that game and. The secondary's taken its lumps for sure. There, there's no doubt about that. 
Paulson Adebo's taken his lumps. His reputation has 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 taken has taken a bit of a hit. However, I did note that there were a couple of occasions on deep balls from Oregon State where 99 times out of 100, when that ball is in the air and coming down, the defensive back reaches up and and just and just interferes with the receiver just as a just as a point of reflex. And then the flag is thrown, it's 15 extra yards, and the drive continues. Well, Stanford had a couple of of instances where that could have happened. And it didn't. It didn't. Stanford defensive backs playing very well, playing very smart, not putting hands on the receiver and doing what they needed to do to keep the ball from being completed and doing it legally. Smart coaching. Dwayne Aquina, Stanford secondary coach, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. So you see the technique. Would you like to see the consistency a bit more? Yes. Would you like to see the tackling a bit more? Yes. Would you like to see tighter coverages in some instances? Yes. But there are some good takeaways, I think, uh, from the secondary, from a coaching standpoint. Look, I, I am not, I'm not a secondary coach. You know, I'm sitting on my couch watching this one, just like most of the rest of you guys. But, you know, you can tell when good techniques are being taught and, and when they're taking hold. And I was impressed with what I saw from that standpoint from the Stanford defensive backs and avoiding being called for, for killer pass interference penalties that would have just completely given Oregon State the chance to march right down the field. That didn't happen. That didn't happen, at least not via penalty anyway. So I, 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 did, wanna, I, I did, want to, did want to note that. All right, let, let's, put, let's put this game to bed. And for our final word on Stanford versus Oregon State and where the Cardinals sit at this exact moment in time, let's hear David Shaw's thoughts as we move towards Washington week. I think we haven't played at the level that we're capable um, for an entire 60 minutes. This has been the closest for about three quarters. Um, that we played really well for half against UCF, played really well for a quarter and a half against USC. Uh, now it's just about putting it all together. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day. I mean, there's no, and there's just two columns in college football. There's win and loss. There's no injury column. There's no asterisk column. Um, so for whoever's healthy and whoever's out there and who we put out there, young or old, as long as they're healthy, we go out there and we try to find a way to win. Yep, exactly right. And right now, Stanford is two in the win column and three in the loss column as they are trying to stay in the race for a bowl bid for the postseason to continue uh, their streak of uh, bowl games that they've had uh, since the 2009 season. So this will be 11 in a row if they're able to extend that streak this year. And while injuries have been a factor, while youth have been a fa- has been a factor, and, and inconsistency has been a factor also, in the final analysis, it just boils down to what's in that win-loss column. And Stanford needs to do a lot better for much closer to 60 minutes this time around against the Washington Huskies if they want to end up 3-3 three and three heading into a bye week. All right, it's, it's become a fan favorite feature on the show. Uh, who did well? Who didn't quite have an afternoon that they would have liked? It's how we sum things up with stock up, stock down. First, 
Let's go stock up. Wide receiver Michael Wilson is my stock up after the Oregon State game. Uh, three catches, 87 yards. And every catch he made meant something. His first catch, very well-conceived touchdown. Stanford has shown the pistol formation before, but they've never snapped out of it. They've, they've usually gone pistol but then shifted out of it. We actually saw that on a couple of other occasions on Saturday. But earlier this season, uh, Stanford has shifted out of the pistol before snapping the ball. On this particular occasion, they stayed in the pistol. Mills took the shotgun snap, or Mills took the snap and immediately sent it out to Michael Wilson on the screen, had a couple blockers in front, and he waltzed in for a 26-yard touchdown catch and run. I'm not even sure that, that Wilson was even touched, but that was Wilson's first catch of the day. His second catch, second quarter, third and 11, makes a big-time grab for 39 yards. And his third catch was a 22-yarder on the very next play. That put Stanford at the Oregon State four-yard line, and it set up Stanford's second touchdown of the day. Made it 14-0 at the half for the Cardinal. And you could tell he was, he was playing angry. He was playing like a man on a mission on all of those catches. When he was running with the ball, he was looking to do a little damage and to take people out. That was impressive. And, and don't forget his 27-yard punt return either. Much better decision-making in that respect than he did against Oregon, where he was fielding punts in his own three-yard line. Ooh, that was, that was not pretty to watch. Much better, much improved in that respect. Michael Wilson really taught me a lot. You, you, heard, you heard his fire when we, went, when we had him as a guest on the TreeCast a couple weeks ago leading into the Oregon game. So he was playing with that fire in a major way against Oregon State. And his, his stock is really rising, I think, as the season goes along. So stock up Mike Wilson. And honorable mention special teams. Blocked field goal. Big returns. Connor Weddington with a major kick return at the very end of it to set up the game-winning field goal. Special teams has had a roller coaster ride so far this year. Against Oregon State. They were, they were pretty much part of the solution. So honorable mention, stock up goes to the special teams. But the big stock up goes to Michael Wilson. What goes up must come down. It's time for stock down. And I got to give it to the Stanford defensive line. I, I, I thought that they got pushed around a little bit when Oregon State ran the ball in the first half. Again, they weren't giving up major, you know, 12, 15, 17 yards uh, at a time in the first two and a half quarters or so, but that push wasn't happening for the Stanford defensive line. They weren't holding their own at the line of scrimmage, it seems, and they were actually getting pushed back a bit. Stanford was able to win the line of scrimmage or at least stalemate the Oregon Ducks a couple weeks ago, not so much against Oregon State in the run game. And then they completely disappeared from view later on in the game. So as good as those guys have done overall this year, Michael, Will, uh, Michael Williams, uh, Jovan Swan, Thomas Booker, Tomas Schaffer, uh, those four guys helping to, helping to lead the charge, I was a bit, a bit disappointed with how things went for the Stanford defensive line against the Beavers. So they unfortunately are my stock down. Looking forward to getting back into game day mode. 
when the Washington Huskies come down to Stanford Stadium. Saturday night kickoff, 7.30 p.m. <laughs> you knew we were going to have at least one of those uh, night kickoffs on the farm. I don't mind them that much. It's just going to make it a make it a super late night. But it should be fun. Looking forward to breaking it down on the next TreeCast. Uh, in the meantime, uh, don't forget, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. Last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. C-L-A-R-D-Y. Uh, you've got thoughts, you've got feedback on the show, send it to me. Again, best way is on Twitter, hashtag TreeCast, hashtag TreeCast. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, <laughs> and uh, pretty much anywhere you get, uh, you get your favorite podcast from, chances are pretty good that you will find and you can find the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. And we will see you likely by Friday, perhaps hopefully by lunchtime. That's what we're aiming for here. Uh, I've got a Pac-12 Network soccer doubleheader on Thursday and on Sunday, too. Busy weekend overall. So uh, hopefully uh, we get the next precast to you uh, on Friday by lunchtime. And we will spend a full preview, get you a full preview of Stanford versus Washington. Until then... Do not drink and drive. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on the TreeCast with Troy Clary. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.